This is the Blackout Podcast. Hi, Nick. Hello. How's it going? Thanks. Thanks for coming in today. I know you are super busy because you have Flash coming in a few days and you're supposed to light up this huge church. So I'm going to start with that. Yeah, Tell sure me thing. about that. Um, so it's a uh, it's the largest cathedral I've personally ever been inside of. <laughs> uh, I can actually say the Notre Dame d'Assomption. I can't actually pronounce it in the correct uh, accent, but it's it, it, uh, Cathedral of Moncton. Enormous, like mm. three stories up. And uh, we're using between 10 and 15 projectors basically to light up every inch of this place for the audience. Whoa. Yeah, it's going to be very cool. Part of a Flash Festival. Yeah, so um, what's Flash Festival about? So Flash Festival's... Uh, it's like it started as a light arts festival, but it's I think uh, at its core, it's really a community festival with a focus on light arts and kind of using technology to make art. Mm. Um, and sort of an initiative started by uh, uh, Lisa Griffin. She also does a uh, 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 popular graffiti festival up there as well. So She's super busy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> especially around this time of year. Yeah. Um, and I remember when we were talking, you told me that uh, last year was freezing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I know, freezing cold. Uh, we set up on top of, well, we did two different installations. Uh, we did Church of the Trees in a different church there, which is a 360 kind of in the jungle forest kind of uh, installation, mm. uh, similar to this one this year. And we also did uh, uh, the Assumption Building downtown and uh, set up in a, it must have been minus 25 on top of the, <laughs> yeah, on top of the National Bank building. Oh, and no. uh, yeah, good um, experience. So, how did you even get into this? lighting what's it even called uh projection mapping i suppose is what i sort of specialize in okay. i kind of branched out to doing uh, all those sorts of lighting installations uh using media to kind of tell a story mm. but uh primarily projection mapping and i started doing it uh mostly looking as a way to kind of get involved in the festival and music scene mm. i played music for years previous to that and kind of wanted uh, a way to get involved in sort of the community and everything else so uh Sort of bring projectors to festivals, sitting on t on top of uh, buildings and stuff like that, just mapping uh, trucks and trees and any way I kind of you know get get my hands in there. And uh, at the time, there wasn't a huge amount of it in the city, particularly in the music scene. Mm -hmm. And over time, uh, just doing it more and more, and sort of just turned into uh, yeah a, a job, I guess, or a career at this point. Like it's uh, I do a lot of it, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, um, what, do you remember your very first paid one? You know, I mean, I'm sure you initially started out like, you know, you're just doing this because yeah. you wanted to do it. But do you remember the very first one that someone paid you for? Um, I mean, sort of like uh, I suppose the first one would have been when I started working into uh, nightclubs. Oh, um, particularly uh, I sort of got my start doing shows at Reflections Cabaret back in the day. Hmm. Um quite a lot of shows at the time i was working construction as well okay and this is sort of what yeah 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 so you'd go from that <laughs> oh man it was a, definitely the transition was a little bit a little bit rough in the sense that uh you know i'd be running a jackhammer all day yeah. long and i'd be doing these nightclub gigs till like 3 30 a.m uh sometimes multiple days in a row what? yeah <laughs> it's crazy yeah. how was your head handling that Oh, I mean, I made it through. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't necessarily want to go back and do that again. But you know, sometimes. Uh, yeah. I like. I like kind of like the struggle too. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you did a construction thing, then you start. Um. So, but the the ones with the, the nightclubs not mapping, there was just lights, right? 
Uh, oh, mapping, yeah, we do set designs, do projection mapping, more so on the projection side at that point. Mm. And nowadays, kind of gravitating into lighting, projection, sort of like an all-inclusive kind of show ex experience. Okay. And sort of what tipped it off to starting doing it full-time at that point is uh, I got a call from a group called RPM Music Services in Toronto. Mm. And they wanted to go down to do uh, the North Carolina State Fair. Holy smokes. Yeah, so this is sort of like... Uh, Right at this time when I was kind of having trouble balancing the two of them. Yeah. And uh, we got this call for this gig that would have required me to leave my job for a month at a time to go prepare mm. and set up for this gig down the States. Yeah. Um, and I went and I did that. And uh, and after that, I never kind of looked back. I kind of just, that sort of pushed me over the edge. So, mm. yeah. How was that experience going over uh, to do the North Carolina thing? Oh, it was excellent. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it's fun. It's the first time I'd, I'd actually been to the states, mm. so driving down, uh, you know, the I ninety five through multiple states and getting to see like New York and everything like that. Mm. Uh, that was awesome. That was cool. Um, do you remember what lighting map, what mapping you did for that fair? Um, so that was some content that was actually pre-made for the event. They shot it. Uh, oh, okay. They shot it with a three sixty camera. Oh. And we did. Uh, we actually did it in a traditional Mongolian yurt. <laughs> yes uh this group from uh the valley actually called littlefoot yurts built this yurt and uh how huge was it um i think it was 48 feet in, in uh, diameter wow. but uh yeah we had a custom-made screen uh like a sort of a big panorama 360 mm. projection installation there so, yeah. um so if you're like I guess you you do it through projectors, so the projectors have to all kind of face different sides of the of the insides of this shirt. Yeah, so they all face, they overlap, they make uh, and basically you blend them together. You're kind of presented with this big grid. Wow! And it's like a lot of monotonous like lining up the, the lines, but then the end result is, is pretty cool when they get this seamless screen that kind of wraps all the way around. Yeah, you. man, that's cool. Yeah. How many projectors did you work with on that one? That was five okay. for that one. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. <clears throat> and then um so did you go to school for this? Did you study for it or how? No, just doing like a, a huge nerd. <laughs> yeah, I spent I spent hours on, on it, you know, and it's a I think with with anything it kind of has to become a point of obsession at some point, especially mm -hmm. with the arts or anything or anything like kind of in that vein yeah. where you kind of have to get completely immersed in, in what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times you can't really help it. And that's like <laughs> what kind of pushes you in the right direction in a lot of ways, I think. So. Yeah. Well, man. So um, then what uh, software, what apps do you use for your projection? Um, I use Resolve Marina primarily, and mm -hmm. that's sort of the end of the pipeline in the sense that uh, you make animation, you draw pictures, you stuff, you get it on the computer, mm -hmm. and that just basically, it's sort of the window to the world, oh. where, you, where you take all these things you've made, and then you can map them to shapes in a room, or control them with uh, audio, or like even human motion, with like a Kinect camera, or something like that. And uh, yeah, so that's sort of a Resolve Marina. I do my animation in After Effects, Cinema 4D, uh, Illustration, and Illustrator, Photoshop. And it's kind of uh, learning a bunch of little tools mm. that kind of come together to. Okay, so show. you use these different uh, apps, create the assets, and then put it into. Oh, Resolume. Resolume. Yes. <laughs> okay, and then stick it in there. And then the Resolume is where your projector is hooked up to. Yes, well, that's that's what's controlling the output of the projector. Mm. So, like, I can fit it to different objects, to a building, et cetera. Yeah. Okay, and how, what's the most pro number of projectors you've used before? That's kind of a that's a hard question. Mm. Um, pretty regularly now, we do these shows at the Nova Center, uh, where uh, yeah, we, we'll do the whole ballroom. Uh, wall okay, to that's wall. huge. Yeah, so for that, we'll use uh, usually between 
seven to ten projectors Shit. Uh, for the largest installations and as little as six, I guess, to really cover, get full coverage of all the walls. Mm. And we'll, ma we'll map all the walls floor to ceiling. It's like 30, 33,000 square feet in that building. Whoa. But floor to ceiling, all the walls, uh, we'll do these big mapping installations there. So that's probably the most projectors I generally use nowadays. But uh, Wow. Yeah. How many will you use for the church? Oh, there you go. That'll be more than ever. <laughs> Uh, just because there's a lot of little like uh, well there's two reasons yeah. it's massive for one and there's a lot of small details in it and areas that are kind of hard to reach mm. so just having the option of having that many where we can go into the venue days prior pick out the areas when I when you want to hit and kind of get that full coverage mm. um, that's kind of yeah we're gonna use I think I think realistically probably 12 12 to 14 there shoot um, and <clears throat> so for the what's the process for this church one? Uh, from when you know, okay, I'm going to do Flash 2019 till the day, what, what, how, when does it start for you exactly? Um, it starts with a conversation with Lisa generally, just about the sort of the under, overlying theme of the festival mm. and, uh, you know, the kind of direction you want to go in venues you want to explore. Mm -hmm. um, then I went up to Moncton. We did some walkthrough at various venues. Um, this church had kind of uh, sparked my interest just because it's uh, beautiful and enormous. Um, so we went and checked out the church, took photos of everything, kind of spoke with the owners of the place. Um, and then after that, I go home. I've got all these photos to work with. Mm. And then it's a lot of, uh, you know, we come up with the concept first. Uh, the show's called Moonside. Um, when I was a little kid, I played this game called Earthbound. It had this inverted world uh, where everything was kind of uh, backwards and all the colors were inverted, like very psychedelic. Mm. Um, so it's sort of loosely based off of that. But it is as a pretty loose concept, which is great. Yeah, leaves a lot of options. <laughs> so uh, we got the concept. Um, we take the photos and basically cut out the details we want to. I, I say we. I, I'm cutting out the details I want to map back onto this space. Mm. So uh, because the space is so complex, it'd be very difficult to custom make content for every little nook and cranny. So uh. I break it apart. Like um, I know there's a whole bunch of archways, columns, uh, windows, stained glass parts, right? A church is a bunch of repeating patterns. So you pick out all those patterns, and I'm making animations for each one of those little things. So I've got six arch, like psychedelic distorted archway things, and like a whole bunch of columns that kind of break apart with like, you know, a little detailing in the animation. And then in the end result, you cut that apart, and then you can place it on these objects. So I go back to the space and basically paint it with these pre-made assets mm. instead of having something that has to be like specifically mapped to it i've got the options to kind of uh, work with where it works best in the space okay. and, <clears throat> and so when when would the conversation with lisa start i'm trying to remember i think it was about probably two between two two three months ago we started to sort of initially start talking uh, about this so pretty much uh it's like a 15 week thing to from concept to yeah, I mean, the, the amount of time that passes, I'd say the content, the creation itself probably takes about a month. Wow. Not not intensive, like every day, but uh, kind of uh, thinking about it, plotting it out, and then actually creating it. But in between all that, you also have all these things you're doing on the side, right? Yes. It's been so, a very busy winter. Yeah. How do you do that? Actually, before, before you answer that, I want you to tell me about the New Year one, because that one was super cool. New Year's, yeah, we did uh, well, two different installations. Mm. Um, one of them was uh, Grand Parade Square. So um, I worked with Advanced Systems. We did a, an LED wall design, so it was all built out of LED panels. Um, 
which is cool. We get to break them up and kind of use them like projection almost, right? You've got your 16-9 typical screen. Yeah. Well, we've broken it into pieces and put big uh, like stripes all over the stage. Oh, wow. Made custom content for that. Um, and then at the same time, we did uh, an installation at uh, Casino Nova Scotia where uh, we covered the room with uh, clocks, mm. like vintage clocks, ancient clocks, with, like vines grown to them, new, modern, like hand watches, clocks everywhere. Um, and all the hands from them were uh, taking real-time data from the computer, like the actual date and time, mm. uh, controlling the hands on it to be animated. So they were all counting down to New Year's Eve yeah. in unison. And then uh, New Year's Eve triggered an animation that uh, made colors flow all over the whole thing. So it's all, it was a, like a self-running installation yeah. in a lot of ways. It was, it was an interesting uh, experiment. Yeah, no, I actually want you to um, continue because I remember when we talked about it, you told me this interesting process because you had something that was controlling the arm that you could program it to. Yep. Yeah, what's that called again? Uh, touch designer for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touch designer is a... You could, it's very deep. Like I only touch the surface of what you can do with it, but it's like a connector of media. Mm. Like you can, uh, you know, control a hose that waters your flowers based on the weather forecast and all sorts of weird stuff. But in this instance, I was taking a computer time, basically the time that's built in from actually the internet mm. and uh, just having that drive hand. So I took all these clocks, I Photoshopped off the hands. So we've just got clocks without hands. And then I took the hands and and that's what I was basically animating. Mm. I layer it on top of the clocks and the end result. And uh, so they're two different pieces, one of them being controlled by uh, this kind of algorithm that's pulling computer time. Yeah, it's super cool. I yeah. mean, when you told me about that, I, I'm just, I was, I was amazed because you didn't actually have to be there. You set it up and it Yeah, took I was down at Grand Parade. I had a, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Bryce Holland uh, from Holland Audio Productions. He was down there uh, kind of watching the show. Do you know what? He's my neighbor. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He has a red truck. Oh, yes. Huge truck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to... What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has a red truck with the names. He, he just occurred to me right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a cool dude. I like yeah, it. Yeah, great guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, what is... Um, it seems to me that you, you can sit down on your computer and create all these assets, right? But when you go to the location... 10 projectors all these things you you work with a team um generally just just me in a lot of cases what um when, when there's <laughs> yeah, yeah it can be a lot uh sometimes when there's a you know when when there's more work than i think can be handled mm. there's people i the great people i love working with good friends of mine that are also uh into the technology and into the sort of the art form of projection arts and that kind of thing that mm. i work with as well so well, yeah. that's uh, wow. I I didn't even think of that because I'm lazy. Yeah, <laughs> if I had to do that, I'll I have that. I'll have a team with me, guys. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, so you started with the club scene, and then um, I know you branched out into festivals. Festivals. I suppose if I did festivals before I did the club scene. Really. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, festivals. Uh, summer is usually pretty packed with a number of different uh, mm. festivals and in the winter uh, I do a lot of corporate stuff as well uh, where people want something different you know yeah. as far as an AV kind of experience yeah you showed me one um, it was like a ticker tape on a bar oh that's that was actually for the Halifax pop explosion oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we did the seahorse bar it was like a ticker tape it was like yeah like sports net when they get like the and almost yeah we did the top of the bar there that's that kind of interesting and that was old cvs or 
Sorry? It was all um, LED screens or it was just projection? Oh, just projection, yeah. Kind of looks like an LED screen though, which is kind of the nice illusion with yeah, projection. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I was like, hmm, is Otto's TV is what I, what I was looking at, I wasn't sure. Um, and <clears throat> how do you decide? I mean, I know, for instance, like with the Flash thing, it's based on a theme, right? But yep. do, you, do you ever just create stuff just because you think it's cool? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I love taking opportunities to do that when when I when I can. I mean, I get a creative freedom with with most projects, varying degrees, but you def definitely some usually. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, Nocturne Arts Festival, um, Flash, various arts festivals is usually the best opportunity to have to really kind of just do something weird for the sake of weird, <laughs> you know, art for art's sake. You know, um, even if I get a little bit of element of that. Yeah. With everything else as well. And with, with the church for Flash, are you mapping inside or outside? Inside. Okay. So at least it's not going to be cold this year. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Hopefully not. A whole bunch of stuff with uh, Home Base. It's a Club Night in Halifax. Uh, Kyle McCracken's uh, sort of baby. Yeah. Uh, we've been working for years together. He's one of the first people I work with. Um, great opportunity to do some sort of boundary pushing club set design. Okay. A lot of freedom to do... Uh, to get so really where, weird with where's that. The where's home base? Uh, Seahorse Tavern. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. <clears throat> I remember you showed me an image from something you did at the Seahorse Tavern. Did that have anything to do with that event? Uh, it was super, lots of colors, lots of lights. Um, and it looked like a stage, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. More, more than likely, uh, I do tons of shows with them there. Oh, okay. But I work with a number of different bands that the Seahorse and the Marquee, so it could have been something different as well. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So um, who do you work with, with the with the band or the uh, the uh, location? When um, you go into the Seahorse, for instance? Um, generally, it's the promoter, the person putting on the event. Gotcha. Or the band, in a lot of cases, or the band's manager. Mm. That, that's hiring me. Now and again, uh, the venue will hire me. Mm. Uh for certain things, but uh, generally speaking, it's the promoter band, oh, okay. band manager. That so, so I come to you, I'm like, oh, my band is performing X yep. show and we have 10 songs in a set. What's the process for that? Do you need the songs or whatever to decide how to move forward? Um, yeah, it can be helpful. Like for uh, if it's a band's show and it's their show, mm. then it really becomes about uh, listening and really getting into their music and thinking of the story and what it sounds like and how you can make that into a... Uh, a stage show that's kind of theatrical in nature. Mm. Whereas for uh, like a club night or something like that, I might try to make this spectacle that you walk in the room, you're like, whoa, and that's that's what it is, right? Mm. But with a band show, maybe you want to hold off on certain elements. Maybe it's very, very minimal. It doesn't seem like much at the start. And then at a certain point in their set list, it becomes more than, than, it, than oh, it is, you know? Okay. So it's kind of thinking of it more like a story <laughs> in that case. I recently did some work with uh, Christina Martin. Mm. Um, we did uh, her... Uh, album uh, show part of her tour at uh, the marquee ballroom and it was uh listening to her music figuring out the story of the songs plotting out the lighting and the uh and the video to kind of tell that story and stuff oh like that. so, so it's not just lighting did you create um animation or yeah for that yeah uh set design animation and lighting so, uh, sort of an all one uh, thing that kind of plays w with each other you know like in the sense that everything's kind of tied together yeah when you say set design you mean like actually building stuff there or yeah totally so in that one we used uh, a bunch of panels built out of corrugated plastic where uh i was going to use a cnc router but i ended up actually hand cutting these things uh with these designs that uh 
has sort of transparent fabric on the back of it. So I do lighting in the back of it is backlit. The designs glow. Mm. And then it's also with a projector from the front. So it also has this other element. Oh, so just different wow. layers of kind of depth and that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, does Would that give a 3D type effect? That's the goal. That's always the goal. Oh, okay. Of, yeah. Wow. Ah, man, that's so cool. Thanks. And um, what is your favorite band? What was the favorite display been for a band? Uh, for a band? Yeah, just a band. Uh, not I've, just do, a... I've done some... Uh, I really enjoyed working with uh, Neon Dreams. Mm, what did you do for them? Um, we did a whole bunch of different shows. Um, most recently, we did a show at the Marquee. Um, we used uh, pretty much primarily lighting for this whole thing. But years back, we did uh, the Halloween show at the Canard Center for them. It was the first show I did with them, mm. where uh, their album cover at the time was like this uh, polygon 3D robot head. And it's not, it wasn't a robot head, but that's sort of what I interpreted it as. Mm. So we did this head massive uh behind <laughs> them it was like it must have been like 10 by 10 feet this mm. thing with a bunch of uh pipes um pipe shapes cut out and kind of pushing out from the right and left and we had this uh, for halloween we had this robot head that was like pushing like fire down these pipes and blowing smoke at the sides wow. um it turned into like a a giant baby face with like skeleton <laughs> bones coming out of the side of it and oh, a bunch man. of twisted stuff like that. It was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> when, here's the thing. So when you when you create the assets and you create the yeah. thing, do you go to show the band or the manager this is what you created or do you only see it at the end on the show day? Oh no, there's they're involved mm. all the way through. Mm. If they if they want to be in generally speaking, they do. And I always <laughs> I always encourage you know their input, you know, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. And not only that, like having the person who is getting the work done, their input can be really revealing and, and show directions mm. that I might have not even thought of. Yeah. Uh, for sort of getting inspiration for the for for the show and stuff like that. Oh, okay. But yeah, I generally I'll make a proof of concept. Uh, even before the work even starts. Oh, wait, wait. So, like, you're going with a paper or your computer and show them what you have in mind? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'll do, like, a full 3D rendering. Mm. Um, I go into the venues that I'm going to work in. I take measurements of everything. Shit. Um, I didn't even actually ask you that. So, yeah. when because when you're mentioning the arc of the church and stuff, you actually yeah. have to kind of uh, know the measurement for the place. In most cases, church is different because it's so large, Huge. so many details. So as I mentioned, that one, I'm kind of looking at uh, what's this made of mm. shape-wise. Okay, Unfortunately, okay. it's like there's 20 archways, but they're identical. Ah. And there's like 50 columns, but they look the same. Gotcha. So by making content for those shapes, You're then good. I can just kind of okay. paint it all on into place. Okay, but, so with the yeah. bands you were saying? Yeah, so like the marquee, I've measured the space. I have full like to scale render, like models of these spaces. Oh, yeah. So I'll go in with an idea. I'll say, I want this massive triangle that's 20 feet wide. Well, I can plop that in the software, see if it actually makes sense to fit in the space, mm. see if there's room for the band to stand with this massive object on stage and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So, um, And <clears throat> do you also factor in how the people watching the band will see what you're projecting or just people will see whatever it is you're projecting behind the band? You have to factor that in. Oh, of course, yeah. Shadows and that kind of thing. That's one of the reasons why using more lighting and set design um, with the projection kind of allows those gaps to be filled, right? Mm. So you build a set and maybe the projection is just for texture. You know, Christina Martin, we've had this, we have the set design patterns glowing. And then uh, we have like secure uh, leaves, like 
falling from the top of the stage, like kind of almost like it's raining down all over. Mm. And uh, the projections use more like lighting and uh, stuff like that. So I don't do a huge amount of like traditional screens, I guess, for set designs for bands and DJs. Mm. So you can kind of build it in such a way that you build around the artist, I guess. Wow. (laughs) And um, so what do you think... I guess because we met uh, Seed actually, yeah. But then um, you you were at a stage where you couldn't actually be in a program. Fortunately, not. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was a great experience getting to meet like yourself and mm. and lots of hearing lots of inspiring ideas. But at the time, I had a website up and I was doing a show again, now and now and then. So mm. uh, I'd put a lot of work in my website at that point, and I guess. Uh, rules are rules and you can't have a website and it's understandable yeah um and you build the website yourself or yep okay (laughs) what don't you do yourself man i i like doing stuff (laughs) (laughs) um um and how would you do you, I mean, I know you do most of the things yourself, but do you have someone, if someone was interested in learning this, what would you tell them to do? Um, I'd say just, there's so much opportunity to experiment with projection mapping as a medium and lots of people doing things that haven't been necessarily done before. Um, it's really learning a whole bunch of little tools that become something big, mm. but it can also be like dirt simple in the sense that, uh, you know, you can draw a picture, hand draw it. If you're good at drawing, for instance, scan it and, you know, project that onto a building or, you know, there's lots of, I'd say just experiment and try to break, break, break the system, learn the tools basically, but then try to just like, <laughs> there's a lot of room to experiment. I, I and guess. then, um, it's it's almost like you have to know so many things. Do any of these apps have overlaps? Like, oh yeah, like okay. the Do- Adobe, they all play together. Actually, everything kind of ties together in a lot of ways once mm-hmm. you kind of get into it. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely overlap between all of them. So you mean as far as like spending time learning them? Exactly. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, like once you learn one, you kind of pick up on the bits oh, and pieces okay. for another ones for sure. Okay, uh, it's not a question of but different shortcuts, though, right? Sorry. Different shortcuts on your keyboard. In using the different apps, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at coding. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one thing. I'd love to learn more. Learn uh, more. <laughs> I got some friends in the city that do some incredible boundary pushing stuff with, with that, you know, kind of, it's just another frontier. So, but, uh, is that touch design, is there any coding involved in that? Um, it There is. Like, the whole thing is built on Python. It's oh, a node-based okay. programming language. But that, that means, basically, it's like uh, you drag. There's all these little boxes, and you drag connectors between them. And they all represent a piece of code. Okay. Which you, you can do incredibly complex things with technology with it. But it's like a visual code. So you can actually see what you're doing. It's what you see is what you get. You always see the end result every step of the way. Okay. So it's, it's simplified in a lot of ways. And you know it'd be, it'd be helpful to look, to learn it by using that for sure. I'm, I'm certainly learning by using oh, okay. that. So and, and what is the next thing you want to learn now? Next thing I want to learn, I want to get more into. Uh, I, let me ponder on that. Just a <laughs> I'd love to get more into building building larger shows with lighting truss. Uh, all the big elements of a big, big production. Mm. A lot of the stuff I do right now is, uh, well, 
varying levels of budget for one thing mm -hmm. and always trying to get the absolute most out of what's available mm. but uh over time building up what i have available to be able to provide bigger and more professional spectacles and by that i mean uh, led wall maybe that's more of a question of what i need to get to be able to do these things oh, okay. but more so uh a lot of this gear to do the really big productions that you see on tv sometimes mm. um you can't necessarily learn that equipment without having access and actually owning it and getting time to use it. Oh. So just finding ways to uh, learn the bigger tools and finding ways to integrate them into the work that I do. So like, for instance, at yeah. the Super Bowl or say uh, Kanye West show. Yeah. It's, it's Isn't it similar to what you're doing? It's a totally different thing. Um, similar equipment and technology, all the, like, the protocols like DMX and everything. It's all the same, but... Uh, all, every piece of gear is a new thing to learn and kind of master oh, okay. over time, you know. So it's there's a lot of that. That's exactly it. Learning learning those those tools, you know. So uh, finding ways to get exposure to them is another big thing. Uh, and I think that's the same for for a lot of things. Okay. Getting exposure to uh, the tools so you can learn how to to use them can sometimes be difficult. Yeah. So I that's know that's what you that's mean. one hurdle. Yeah. It's like I want to drive an F1 car. I'm not gonna. Get yeah. one. <laughs> I'm not gonna get one. But um. So now, do you? It's almost like you're the premier light person, projection mapping person in this city. Um, do you get to travel out of Halifax to? I mean, out of Atlantic Canada to do work? Um, I have, um, and I'm looking to do. You know, I'm open to more opportunities. Mm. Um, I'm very busy in Halifax, mm. but. Uh, I have done, done a huge amount of shows outside. I've done some stuff in Toronto. Um, I did, uh, actually, this is more Ontario, Playground Festival up there. I'm um, hoping to get into Quebec this year to do some festivals, perhaps. There's a bunch of cool stuff going on up there. Mm. Um, I get calls sometimes to do some proposals for stuff in Toronto. But uh, that's I feel like that's sort of the future of what, what I'm doing, is finding ways to uh, market myself but also just uh network yeah to get opportunities and show what i hope to be able to provide okay to these other scenes you know in other places yeah yeah uh, with these festivals most of them are in the forest future forest for instance yeah. um <clears throat> do you are there any I, I guess so you could get get a jenny and it powers everything but are they is it more are there risk involved having all these gear out than the wild and yes <laughs> there is but nothing bad ever seemed to happen you obviously you obviously account for that we'll build like how like shelters like little called the dog dog houses for the projectors for instance oh, okay um there's a whole team of people working at a lot of these festivals um the the sets themselves are built by skilled carpenters or at least overseen by skilled carpenters mm. in, in most cases and uh you know there's people working power for big generators that have experience doing theater power and that kind of thing okay. um there's a lot of it the festival scene pulls from a lot of people that are skilled uh, in their own uh, sort of areas mm. that have just found this common love of this experience that uh, are just looking to contribute in whatever we can so there's a lot of really talented people that come together to, to put together in all sorts of different areas and skill okay. skill skills yeah um with the the one how did the lights up so the one you did last year for flash was it projections with screens 
Um, projectors for that so, one, yeah. And the power up at 25, minus 25 outside. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny. We had... Uh, <laughs> I was wondering, Chris. Well, for yeah. Flash, um, we had one of the projectors we rented had a, the ballast wasn't sparking oh, and man. it's probably because of the cold yeah there's there's a there's a, a multitude of reasons why it could have happened but uh there was definitely some uh some last second troubleshooting on top of the building <laughs> at you know uh minus 25 with <laughs> two thousand people waiting for it to happen it was literally like uh we were had this thing pulled open trying to get parts fixed in this thing while what? while they're literally counting down the show <laughs> the company does it was one of the most intense experiences of my life to be honest but uh, it did go it did go in the end yeah you know, okay. it was it was definitely like a yeah. <laughs> but um uh so there's always that do you factor things like that when you're preparing for a show of course yeah you always gotta and you know experiences like that really kind of teach you hammer in that lesson that uh you got to prepare for the absolute worst mm. um so now you more than ever because of things like that i've learned to uh bring a backup to your backup and mm. all that good stuff yeah and uh when it comes to gear i'm guessing you rent most of them um it depends like uh, all like the media servers which is the computers that drive the shows i provide that i have you know a couple of units I use for do, to do gigs. So yep. those are like super powerful computers, I'm guessing. Yeah, what was it? What's a common spec of one of those media servers you have? Um, it's, you know, I usually got like a to, to get really nerdy here. Go on. It's like a good i7 processor, GTX 1080. It's got multiple videos in the back of it. Wow. 16 to 32 gigabytes of RAM. That's like standard for like what I feel I need to be able to do a show. Mm. And it's not like the bleeding edge, but I haven't been able to, I haven't reached the limits of that particular setup. Okay. So I kind of do, I build a bunch of varieties of the same machine, generally oh, speaking. Okay, now. okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. If, if you had, if you were able to go crazy, what would you have built? Um, I think I'm set with that, to be honest. At this yep. point, what I would get is a bunch of, uh, I'd, I'd get some really solid projectors, like mm. bright, bright ones. The projectors you use to light up a building I don't think they're, they're not really meant to be owned by a person who doesn't own a company that is renting these things out <laughs> and making money from the renting the projector because mm. they're like prohibitively expensive, oh, okay. but, uh, but also necessary to do the really, really big installations. Mm. So like the assumption we use to, uh, two 20, 20,000 lumen projectors. These things are the, the size and way more than a washing machine. They're what? enormous, man. <laughs> um, yeah, huge. Um, and yeah, so it's, there's definitely like the cost of ownership and also just lugging this thing around. Yeah. It's like a it's like a big thing to own one. So but if I had the expendable income to buy one of these things for the so they go for like a hundred thousand dollars. So it's Whoa. not really it's not really within the realm, but it's not very feasible at this point. But yeah. it'd be cool to have some gear like that if I had unlimited resources yeah. to be able to go and map more massive buildings mm. in larger spaces and that kind of thing. But for now, uh we'll rent out a lot of that gear. Yeah. Uh it makes a lot more sense to do that a lot of times. And depending on the venue, you know, we get the gear we need. I'll, okay. I'll partner with uh, AV suppliers in a lot of sense, in a lot of, in a lot of events. Is it, is it you that yeah. partners with the AV suppliers or the festival that partners with them? How does... And by partner, I mean it's like um, we'll work together to kind of put the gear together to do the show. Mm. Um, it's sort of like usually a, a mixture between myself, the promoter or venue, mm. and the AV supplier oh, okay. of, uh, generally of their choosing although i've got people i love working with as well okay. uh, but yeah kind of putting together the gear because they have access to all this stuff so the people you work with are they here in halifax or 
or you have people in the different cities you work in? Oh, different cities. Like every city's got some, some AV suppliers. Like in Halifax, I work with Advanced Systems or like Basil AV all the time. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, we'll work on an event. We'll have this big ambitious idea and uh, we'll be put, putting together the gear to, to, to be able to make that happen. Mm. And I'll provide media servers. Uh, I'll network the video system together essentially. So uh, um, I'll build the content for the space, map it and that kind of thing. So. And um, when you design a show, do you yeah. have... I'm guessing, okay, let's go back to a band. So the band has, say, 40 minutes to perform. Do you design the show to, or your mapping to run for the 40 minutes, or do you have to stay there to control it each time? It's always live controlled in most, for, especially with DJs, bands, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'll build scenes like songs, and they're, mm. they're, they've got like uh, elements that loop, things that, uh, you know, play with a song that needs to be queued up at the right time. Yeah. And then uh, I'll have effects and ways to manipulate that that I'll be controlling live. Okay. And that's how you kind of give that, that human feel, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was wondering how, you know, I mean, like, the but the difference between the performance and, say, the one at Flash is you don't really do that live. Or do you also do that live, too? That'll be live uh, in some aspects. So I'll have uh, three computers running it. Mm. They're all networked together, so... The two of them are slaved to one of them, essentially. Gotcha. So I'm up there controlling one of them. The other ones are kind of following what I do. Mm. And I can apply effects and, and that kind of thing to 15 projectors, which is important and very impactful because uh, when you're sitting in a completely dark room and there's mm. a projector lines tracing every little detail around you and all of a sudden they invert to a different color. Or they, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, all your peripherals are filled with this change and it's like, yeah. that's how you kind of get that uh, impact, I think. So So uh, when you have projectors on your screen, you have 15 little boxes and you see what each projector is doing? Pretty much. I get to see the output of each one of them. So like I get presented with uh, exactly what's coming out of them. And mm. then I can squish things, layer things, drag things, draw lines, cut things out. Can you switch between projectors or yep. doesn't? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, man. That's cool. I keep saying I'll go to one of these shows. I have to. Um, Flash. Flash is a, is a weekend or? It's a weekend. It's a Friday, Saturday. And how many days are you on? Um, my event's on uh, Friday evening. Mm. Um, setup is Thursday all day long, finishing Friday morning. Now we're getting the snowstorm apparently on Wednesday. Fun. So I'll be leaving a day early. <laughs> it's good and bad. Cause another day to set up, but yeah. What yeah. so um what will the what will the setup for Flash involve? Um, loading in a bunch of power, which is a big thing. Some of these older churches don't have a lot of power required to run a whole bunch of equipment, right? Mm. So we'll have a generator outside, drop power all over the place, mm. um, bring in lighting, set up you know, a whole bunch of projectors, run video cable, network them together, and then at night, uh, go in and, and map the space. So we'll get it completely dark in there. Um, I've got like a little, you know, laptop that I can walk around with, mm. but control the other laptops remotely from it. So I'll oh, go, remotely, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. So I'll be able to walk up to, you know, the various spots that I've chosen to map, drop in, you know, the assets and little pieces, mm. and just kind of play with it. You know, it kind of gets fun when you do the show that way and break it up into little pieces because mm. I can layer everything, get everything in place, and then drop in washes of color. You know, there's a certain corner that I think should be kind of emanating red or something yeah. and have it kind of glowing red or like uh, drop in little, you know, it's kind of like painting you know, in, yeah. a, in a space, you know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, when yeah. it kind of gets really fun <laughs> and interesting. Yeah. Wow. And um, so are there any colors you really enjoy using? 
I gravitate towards red and blue. <laughs> why? I'm not entirely sure why. <laughs> I, I really like the, the feeling of it. And, mm. uh, but I kind of force myself to get outside of that. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, totally. I do like, I, th I guess more, uh, another thing to say is like, I like having a core color theme look uh, okay. something to a show. Yeah. Um, it could be as simple as like a static image or like a little design that is representative of a theme, you know, because mm. having that little element that is not random kind of makes it kind of anchors it, I think. So having a color or like a, an element that becomes representative of what the show is, even if that's super open ended, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, do you are in a relationship, right? Yes. So how do you do all these things and keep your relationship alive and going? Oh, it's, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, we, we, we get together. She, she's a, so, a social work student. She's also quite busy. Yeah. Um, but she goes, I met her at a festival. Okay. She's involved in a lot of the same uh, oh, community okay. that I am. And uh, we find a lot in common mm. through art and that kind of thing. So she's extremely supportive. and Awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. No problem at all. I'm going to end it with this. What does art mean to you relating to what you do? Um, what does art mean to me? That's a complicated question. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. For, to me, it's like doing this work is, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a chance to ex ex experiment and try to do something different every, every week and every show, you know, it's a, it's an opportunity to, uh, keep exploring hmm. and I'm fortunate to have an outlet for it that, uh, I can kind of strip down my preconceived uh, ways of doing things on, on a regular basis. So I guess it's a, yeah, it's, what is art to me? Yeah. It's an important way to uh, feel involved and, uh, and release, uh, you know, creative and emotional tensions into the world wow. in a positive way. Sweet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Nick. Hey, no worries. Not a problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, great, great to be here. This is the Blackout Podcast. listening.